if you have a healthy Nets team, I don't think any team in the NBA is as good as that team. I mean, give Harden, Kyrie, and Durant an entire season together. That's going to be a scary team to beat. podcast it's uh just me caleb today and our special guest of the day top shot tandy we're super excited we're going to talk about some undervalued moments obviously today but then we're going to talk about some run it back some summer of 21 and uh he's going to talk about which clipper is the best value at the moment so the first topic i actually wanted to talk about was just how you got started with top shot i was actually in brazil in february with my wife's family and an old friend of mine who I went to sleepaway camp um, and also lived in New York City with me when I lived there, he texted me and he's like, do you know about Top Shot? You know, I just got started, read this article. And he sent me the Bales article, which is kind of like the infamous article that got everyone hyped into Top Shot about somebody buying a John Morant moment for like $35,000 and why it was a great investment. So I read that. And of course, like I probably like everybody else, I spent a few days just thinking about it and going on the website and thinking to myself, this is still just too outrageous. I can't see myself putting real money into something like this. Um, then I think it was middle of February. And he told me, oh, they just sent me this thing that I got a gift. It was the gift pack. And all I had to do was I bought something in the marketplace. So that is actually what made me start. And my first moment was a Chris Paul S2 assist, um, the 15K, I think. And um, yeah, and then I just started. And then I started buying stuff. And then I got a pack. My first pack was the Cool, Cla cool Cats with Tyler Hero in it. And I just saw valuations start going way, way up. And I thought... And I got more in love with the product. I thought this reminds me of when I was like eight years old, opening basket, basketball cards, hoping for Michael Jordan. And so the everything about it, just the speculation about it, the, the hype about it, the enjoyment of opening the packs about it. And I just started taking my credit card out and going a little, a little wild. And, you know, unfortunately I did that at the, at the peak of the market, like literally the peak of the market. And um, so that hasn't really worked out in terms of my account value valuation, but that is how I got started. That's how like, I caught the bug um, right around when everybody else did. Gotcha. No, I mean, to be honest with you, everybody that we've talked to has kind of started around that February spot. Um, and a lot of us took our credit cards out and we're like, this is, this is the next big thing. And I, it's funny that you actually mentioned the John Morant because that was one of the first articles that I saw. Like you said, it's a pretty infamous article, but uh, it's just one of those things that everybody that started at that time seems to be able to reminisce and be like, oh yeah, I remember that exact thing, um, which is kind of cool. You know, this, the stories are all unique into how they got into it. You're the first person I've talked to that started with the gift. Like you got the Chris Paul and then the, the gift portion was mentioned basically. Well, that's, that's actually what made me buy. My yeah. friend got the gift who said all he had to do is ah, buy a moment. So I thought, oh, okay. So if I buy a moment <laughs> today, maybe I'll get a gift tomorrow. <laughs> so that's that obviously funny. didn't happen. I actually, <laughs> I, I want to ask, I, I asked this to everybody just, just off the cuff. What was the cheapest yeah. moment, the lowest, lowest ask when you first started on Top Shot? If you remember. That's a good question. I think, um, I, well, I know I, I bought that Chris Paul moment for $4. 
So the lowest ask was probably lower than that. I imagine if the Chris Paul was $4, I probably could have got like, uh, you know, 15K-ish Smith for like a dollar or two, most likely. Interesting. Yeah, because when I started, the cheapest moment was a Maxi Kleber 15K, I believe. And I think it was $16 US mm -hmm. at the time. So that gives you an idea, kind of ballpark, uh, yeah. what it was at. But um, with the big off-season moves, I kind of did want to talk about your Boston Celtics, of course. Uh, they made some big moves this off-season. Um, no more Kemba Walker, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we see yeah. Dennis Schroeder take a pay cut in a way yeah. to come to you guys. Uh, what do you think of the off-season so far? I think that the Celtics are in, are in an interesting spot. I think they have some amazing young talent. I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is going to be coming back from an injury. And those guys are just incredibly good. And I think that Jason Tatum is a guy that can put like 60 points on your head, like any given night. So they also brought back Al Horford, who's like an old team favorite. I loved Al Horford when he played for the Celtics. And we're seeing some guys, some young guys really come into their own right now. If you watch summer league at all, um, Peyton Pritchard is, is crushing it and he's just like a sharpshooter. He's really fast. He's a great player. And Robert Williams, the third also kind of came into his own during the playoffs as well. And so to me, the Celtics are a very enjoyable team to watch. They're a young team. Um, there's a lot of players that have a, like a lot of upside Schroeder. I don't really know what to make of that. I feel like that's just a strange move. I mean, I think he, he fumbled the bag and now he's on the Celtics. I mean, I, when he played for the Hawks, I liked him when he, now that he's up we played on the Lakers, he's sort of not very good. And obviously didn't, didn't get that payday that he was hoping for. Um, but I think the Celtics, you know, they could surprise some people, but I think the Eastern conference in general is a lot stronger than it's been in recent years. Obviously, if you have a healthy Nets team, I don't think any team in the NBA is as good as that team. I mean, give Harden, Kyrie, and Durant an entire season together. That's going to be a scary team to beat. And not only that, they have the number one scoring uh, young player right now in the Summer League. I just saw that on Twitter. I can't remember what his name is, but he's a young guy. He's the top scoring player in the Summer League right now. So the Nets, I feel like, are the cream of the crop. Of course, you got the defending champ Bucks, And you got a team like Miami who just brought in Kyle Lowry. You got the Bulls who improved. So I think the Celtics, as always, are fun to watch. It's awesome to watch those young players just crush it like Tatum and Brown. But I have a feeling that this was not the year that they were like going hard because there weren't a whole lot of free agents. It looks like they cleared up some space and they might go hard next year. So like this doesn't really seem like their window. It's just going to be kind of fun to watch them. And next year, who knows, maybe they pick up a key free agent. But overall, I think it's fun. And, and if we're going to talk about just general free agency, like to me, the unthinkable is like I kind of want the Lakers to win as a Celtics fan because I really want to see Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook get their rings. I, I think that's a terrific take, first off, about Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. Um, <laughs> my first my first basketball love is Carmelo Anthony. So I I really want him to be successful, obviously. Um, that being said, I don't know if I like I'm I'm at a difficult point because I don't know if I want the Lakers to win necessarily. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't, though, to be honest. But to your points about the Celtics, I think you're right. I think this is a lot of a building year probably just seeing what you have in Peyton Pritchard, seeing what you have in Robert Williams, seeing what you have in Aaron Nesmith. Um, 
And so all of these guys need a year of getting used to it. And now that you're off Kemba's contract, obviously, the Dennis Schroeder thing to me seems like it's impossibly good of an offer in terms of dollars, <clears throat> excuse me, um, at $5.9 million, like you can't really go wrong for a possible six man of the year. Um, I pray that he doesn't start this year for you guys. Um, obviously Marcus Smart probably would over him, but I think with a core of Tatum and Brown, obviously, no matter who you put around them, they're going to be a good team. My question to that would be the East, like you said, has got a lot better. Where do you think they, they slot in in the East? I mean, ideally number three would be great. I mean, it's probably <laughs> more likely they're four or five. Um, and the other thing that I didn't mention also is that I, I don't think the Celtics are done dealing. I saw something recently that said, I think they have eight guards on their roster. So it's very likely that someone's going to get moved. I don't know who, I really hope it's not Marcus Smart, but uh, you know, I think they're not done dealing and they're, they're going to be fun to watch and yeah. And we'll, we'll see what happens, but the East is stronger and that's great. It's not, it's not the Cavs versus the Warriors every year. And I think <laughs> we can all celebrate that. Yeah. That's a very, that's a very big thing to celebrate. Obviously I don't want the same teams, you know, of course for business for the NBA, they obviously want, they love dynasties because ratings go through the roof for dynasties. But as a Raptor fan, I love seeing the Raptors win and I love seeing the Mavericks win against the heat <laughs> way back because you just get a team that, not necessarily you would have expected gets there, but they end up getting it and it kind of crushes through that constant dynasty section of, of championship wins, basically. Um, yeah. to, to your point about the Nets, Cam Thomas yeah. is leading the uh, Las Vegas mm-hmm, Summit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mention the Hawks too. I mean, the Hawks really surprised a lot of teams this year in the playoffs. So yeah, the East is great. How are you feeling with the Raptors losing Kyle Lowry? Um, as a Raptor fan, you kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, Kyle Lowry leaving was kind of the expected result. I think, um, I think if you asked me the week before, I would have said it's probably 70, 30 that he leaves. Um, it would have been nice for him to stay obviously, but at the same time, we have a team that is a young core now, you know, like, I think we're a little bit behind prime contention but i think there's a possibility that you end up in a play-in or a low low east playoff spot because you still have pascal siakam who although he has enormous faults obviously um his game is still quite strong in a lot of ways even when he's not scoring or shooting particularly well he can still rebound and play good switchable defense and then now with scotty barnes coming in you just have this team that is incredibly good on the and switchable on the defensive end offense is going to be a question mark but defensively you have i'm obviously biased in this scenario but one of the best on ball defenders in the league in og and Anobi. and now you have scotty barnes who is supposed to be the best off the ball defender in the entire draft and he's huge and he calls himself a point guard which a sounds awesome to me and b um makes me think that the narrative that Pascal Siakam is getting traded may not necessarily be accurate. Um, but I don't know. It's a building season, kind of like, like not as good, obviously, as the Celtics, but much like we're building not towards a championship, but we're building towards having a contender, obviously, is what we're doing. So signing Gary Trent was big. 
signing Scotty Barnes was big, obviously. And uh, I think it'll be a team that we can reflect at the end of the year and not say necessarily this was a championship roster and we missed it, but more so we can sit at the end of the season and say, damn, that was a really fun season. You know, these guys are all really entertaining to watch. So that's my take on the Raptors. But I think you're right. And I think that that's what like 85% of the East teams have to be saying at this point, like any team that's not the Nets, Bucks, or maybe the Hawks is probably feeling that same way. The Bulls seem to think that they have what it takes, but I, I told, I told JTC this last week, I have no trust that the Bulls are going to do very well this year at all. And I'm planting that seed. They're, they look like to be an improved team. They're going to make the playoffs. But like when I talked to Dr. Jeremy of NFT, who's an amazingly big Bulls fan, he was also realistic about it. He's like, I just want to see us compete. I just want to see us make the playoffs. And I think we're going to see that. And I can't, I just can't see a core of like Lonzo Ball, DeRozan, Vuk, and like uh, Zach Levine overtake Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. It's just not going to happen. I mean, but it's going to be entertaining at the very least. Well, and I don't know if you watch the Low Post podcast with Zach Lowe at all, but he actually made a very good point that I've kind of just regurgitated for the last week or so, basically. And that's that the Bulls were not very good for a few years there, as long as the Hawks had been not good. Um, Like the Hawks hadn't made the playoffs since they went to the conference finals in 2015, I think, against LeBron uh, and then lost, obviously, got swept. Um, the same goes for the Bulls and the difference there being the Bulls now, based on all the trades they've made and all the, all the draft picks they've made up to this point, who do they have? that's that young core. That's really young guys that are primed to become staples for their team going forward. Wendell Carter was one of them and he's gone for Vucevic. You like Denzel Valentine was not a good draft pick where he got taken at seven, I believe. Um, and then you have, who else? Like Zach Levine, well, they didn't Patrick, draft. Patrick Williams Patrick is great. Patrick Williams and Kobe White. And Kobe White. And so your young core now is Patrick Williams and Kobe White, and that is probably it. Whereas you look at the Hawks, for example, and you got – and they they also were terrible for the same period of time, and they ended up with Trey Young, and they ended up with DeAndre Hunter, and they ended up with Cam Reddish um, and John Collins. And that's probably a testament to – both development and draft prowess, obviously, and more than anything, luck always. But when you're a team that's not good enough to win a championship, like the Bulls likely are, it's almost scary sometimes to see what's left in the pipeline already before you even compete, basically. And that's just my take, personally. I could I, I could be very wrong, obviously, on the Bulls, but... Yeah, I, I don't know enough about their luxury tax situation or, or what their ownership intends to do, but... You know, it's also possible that some of these teams, what they do is they they get they make themselves better. They have enough left in the chamber in terms of like dollars that they can spend that they're kind of hoping that like a Kevin Durant tweaked his ankle or something at the All Star break, and they're sort of in the puncher's chance category, and then they can go snipe somebody from like a bottom tier t- a team who decides to join them because they have enough of a good roster. So. That's sort of like you've seen teams do it successfully in the past. I mean, almost you could even argue that's what the Nets did in a way. They, they, mm-hmm. they were able to snipe James Harden. It's, it'll, it remains to be seen. At least that's what keeps the season interesting, like I said. It's like we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who's going to be near the top. So 
we'll see. It'll be very interesting to see. And I, I for one, hope that the Bulls can make some noise because I grew up, you know, I'm in, I was born in 83. I, I grew up with Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman. That, that team was like my childhood. And I would love to see them compete again, honestly. I think, I think the NBA is better for the Bulls being a good team. When Derek Rose and the Wall Dang and Joachim Noah were all there and it was, they were going to conference finals and, sem- and semifinals, they, it's great for the league when the Knicks and the Bulls and the Celtics and the Lakers are good. And that's it coming from not a small market mentality fan, but like somebody that doesn't get thrown in that same group. And I think it's terrific for the NBA to, to have that. Um, I did want to ask one last question before we move on. And that is who's a sleeper team in free agency. Who do you think, uh, who do you think comes out of the league out of free agency and out of the draft? And you're like, wow, that team actually might be really good this year. I think the heat, actually i think maybe not enough people are talking about the heat i think that they had a bad playoffs this year you know they kind of overperformed in the bubble and they really underperformed this year in the playoffs they add kyle lowry and they have a lot of young talent like sharpshooters like uh, duncan robinson tyler hero and i think jimmy butler is a very underrated player and Bam Adebayo also played really badly in the playoffs. So I think you have a lot of young guys on that squad that are like really have a lot to prove. And it won't be the first time that the Heat surprised us. So I think that that, that would be my choice for now. I agree. I've beaten that point to death for a while now, actually, both on, on Twitter and on previous podcasts. Um, that Heat mentality is something that's unbeaten, in my opinion, too. Um, the last thing I'll say before we move on, I was watching a summer league game and Gabe Vincent was mic'd up. And I don't know if you saw this on Twitter or, or Instagram or something, but Gabe Vincent um, goes into the huddle and it's against the Grizzlies. And he points over to the Grizzlies huddle and he says, look, what do you see over there? And then everybody's like, I don't know, what, what do we see? And he's like, every one of those guys is drafted. None of us were drafted. How about we go out there and show them that they were wrong for not drafting us. And I, I get chills just talking about it right now. Like, <laughs> how would you not want Gabe Vincent on that team? And I don't even necessarily think that Gabe Vincent is this crazy great player or anything like that. And I might be misremembering that it's it might be Max Struess that I'm talking about. Yeah. But yeah. either way, that is the heat culture. And I think that people sleep on the heat culture. And now they have Kyle Lowry and they have Jimmy Butler and they have Bam. I think they're going to be terrific. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I kind of wanted to pivot so we could talk about a little bit of Top Shot for a little bit here. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's been talking, everybody's been buzzing about the Summer 21 Vegas League, all the stuff going on for Top Shot right now. We're talking we're talking Vegas Summer League kiosk, which first off looked awesome. We're talking yep. the Summer of 21 set. I just want kind of a general general opinion on that. What are you thinking so far? I think it was a huge success. Uh, I think if you read Twitter, all you saw were top shot Twitter personalities being like, I am there next year. And I don't think I ever remember anyone geeking out over summer league, the way people were geeking out over summer league this year. And obviously that's probably because I'm in my top shot bubble, but that kiosk to me was, was a game changer. And that kiosk was amazing. And I guess we shouldn't have been surprised because Top Shot's design team is literally probably their best, you know, their, their best aspect of their product is their design team. And so to that the fact that they were able to seamlessly take it from their online experience over to their physical 
was pretty amazing to see. And also the way that new, new members ripped their packs and it was all on that big jumbo screen. And the first thing I thought was like, if I don't know what top shot is and I go to a Celtics game and I'm coming back from with my pretzels and my drink and I see some dude like ripping open a LeBron James moment and it's a huge thing on the screen, I'm just going to be totally dumbfounded and want more of that. So I think that was just a major, major success. And um, so kudos to them on that one. Um, the fandom tier had me a little bit confused. I mean, I'm seeing these like bull bull and killing haze moments go for like $75, $80 right now due to the scarcity. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I totally understand that. I mean, I think we might see that get adjusted as just like every other set as more and more moments enter the fandom tier, let's say, then that will probably, that will probably correct. Um, and then like the way, you know, the utility, of course, this was the third, this was the third event like this, the raffle where they sent three, eight people. It was the, the um, Suns VIP, the NBA draft, and then now the summer league. And they are just crushing it on this utility. I mean, they are creating a whole lot of FOMO, really. Everyone is seeing that and going, oh my Lord, like I want to play. I want to play knockout versus an NBA player. Like I want to like have dinner with with NBA prospects. Like they're really crushing it there. So I imagine we're just going to see more of that. I imagine they're going to figure out ways to make the utility touch more users. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, especially because I don't live in the United States right now. So I would probably still hop on a plane though, if, if I got chosen to go watch a game or something like that. But I think there's a lot of people, especially with COVID and all these other factors, probably that wouldn't be able to. And obviously, just because such a small percentage of people get selected, it sort of makes a lot of people feel like a little bit left out, I would say. Um, but if we're talking about Summer League, total success. And the most exciting part about it has to be the near instant moments. I mean, not instant, you got it the next day. But the first thing I was thinking about, is imagine when you go to a game and, and the delay is not a day. Now the delay is like hours or not even hours. Imagine that. I mean, that is going to blow people's minds. Like you are sitting at a game, you watch your favorite player, you know, Siakam does some acrobatic dunk on somebody. And later that game, you get some kind of notification and now you can buy it because you're sitting there live and you scan the QR code on the Jumbotron or something like that. To me, that is where I think it's going. The only caveat I would add to that, though, is roadmap. We want to know how many moments are going to come out for each player. So you might potentially run into issues where, you know, an awesome play happens. It gets minted, it gets minted let's say. Um, but now that player is now at their limit. And now what happens at like the second half when they do a game winning three and now they can't add it or, or I'm sure top shot will figure out ways around that, like rewards or something like that. But, but just that whole physical kiosk, the instant enjoyment of the moments to me, it was just like a big old, I said in my video, it was like a big old love fest. I think they just nailed it. I 100% I agree. I remember watching your video last week and you encapsulated it perfectly. You said, I am sitting at home right now and I'm just full of FOMO. And I, <laughs> I felt that so hard because I could not go on Twitter that day because I was so jealous of all these people that were at Vegas Summer League. I've watched Vegas Summer League for 10 years now. I love Vegas Summer League, but 
I didn't, I, I can never go. I live in Canada. It's COVID. Like I can't fly down to Vegas, but damn, if I didn't have some real FOMO, not being able to get there, get my own Killian Hayes, get my own RJ Hampton, my own bull bull. And it was just, it was such a cool event. There's no way that you, anybody could look at that and say that wasn't perfectly executed. In my opinion, I thought it was great. You got Tyrese Halliburton losing in uh, in a game of knockout there. Shout out Brandon soul. Um, like I, I can't look back at that and say that there was any flaws realistically outside of maybe the fandom tier. Like you said, I think it's a little bit confusing the way that it's set up at the moment. Um, and like you said, like, I don't know how much I trust the pricing of them at the moment. I full transparency own a bull bowl. Um, but that's just cause I like bull bull and <laughs> it has nothing to do with what I think the future prospects of of the fandom tier are because i think like you said with the scarcity it's at right now of course they're high in price when there's a hundred of them is it going to be the same i don't know but there was one other point i wanted to note with the fandom tier which is terrific i actually had a debate with a friend a few weeks ago um i i have a, a change drawer in my apartment and i just anytime i get change from whatever I toss the change in there and right on the top of it it's called the raptors fund and so basically the I just toss the money in there and on whatever money's in there, I'll go to a game this year. And I've always wanted to sit courtside, never sat courtside before. And now I'm to the point where I want to make sure that I know which game they're shooting a moment for, for the Raptors. Cause I want to be in that moment. How could you not want to be in a top shot moment? I, we saw the, what the, the cowboy hat guy, we saw uh, top shot fund. Yeah, Top Shot Fund. Thank you. We saw actually Jeb Bush get in there with the bear. He was trying to at least. Um, <laughs> that makes it that makes it clear. Like I gotta go sit courtside. And I mean, what other? There's got to be another thousand fans that feel the exact same way. So I think it was a total success. Yeah, you you might need a few change draws to to sit to sit courtside. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But that's also a reason. I mean, we're, I don't think we're really covering it right now, but. Um, that's also a reason I think people are like FOMOing into the team sets because mm -hmm. people think that if I own a team set, I may have a chance that Top Shot buys me courtside seats or something like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I I know that for what it's worth, any Toronto fans, this isn't true at all. Um, just for the sake that I want to be able to buy the tickets, like I know you can go online and you can buy the tickets for Raptors games against really like not bad teams because there's no bad teams in the nba but the lower seeds basically they're like 600 bucks it's a pretty good deal but for courtside for courtside yeah crazy eh? and wow. I, I, that's, that's cheap again it's against it's against lesser teams obviously you're not seeing lebron but uh you might see oh, obviously i don't i don't think there's any no non-fun teams in the nba anymore everybody's fun now you're right. I, I'm having trouble thinking of one too. I mean, I yeah. saw someone talk today about how like they thought the Pelicans got worse, but tickets to go see Zion Williamson are always going to be high. So I, I don't know who the who the bad team is. It's probably some team that probably gets like a star hurt, maybe the Rockets or something like that. Some a team that doesn't really have like a really big star on their team. Yeah. Even the Rockets got Jalen Green now. How could you not want to see that? He's showtime, but Moving on, what else in the summer of 21? Maybe not necessarily the set itself, but what's got you really excited about Top Shop this summer? Well, obviously the run it back. I mean, I'm really excited. I, I haven't been able to hit any. I only hit one rare pack since February. It was the throwback price um, 
MGLE pack. I was lucky enough to hit that. And obviously the Throwdowns pack, which I didn't purchase. Um, but other than that, I haven't been able to hit anything. So I'm just really hoping that my luck comes around for the run it back because I would really, really love to have a run it back. And, um, you know, people are speculating that rake back. I, I don't think even personally, I don't think I'll get a ton of rake back, even if, I, if it does hit. So I'm not super psyched about that. I mean, I think it's good for the platform. Um, but what, something that I've been doing for the last several months, though, is sniping floor moments for the S1 packs, because that is something I really want. I really, really want to rip an S1 pack so badly. So <laughs> the, the run it back pack, run it back pack, and the S1 pack for tickets. I'm really curious what happens with tickets. Uh, so those are, those are the things that I'm really, really looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. I've been slowly building away some of those floor moments, like you said, because I I'm itching to get an S1 pack 100%. Like, I don't know how you couldn't, to be honest. It's just such a terrific, yeah. terrific opportunity. And I like the idea of the trade-in tickets. I think that uh, that, that was kind of a slept on note that they had at the time. People just mm -hmm. kind of forgot about it. And that's yeah. something that like is more noteworthy than a lot of other things that get talked about and beaten to death sometimes. So um, right. I actually wanted to build on the run it back discussion though, because we love to speculate on what years you get to do for run it back. And I'm a huge basketball nerd, all time basketball nerd. What years or plays are really notable that you're like, I have to get that moment if it comes out and run it back. All right. So obviously as a Celtics fan, um, the year that I would love to see is 2008 when they put together, you know, they had the big three and they won the finals versus the Lakers. So anything where I could see like Rondo to KG to Ray Allen to Paul Pierce, I mean, I would absolutely be all over that. Um, so that to me is like the year I would really love for some moments, the moments that first come to mind, like moments that really stick out in my head. Um, I was a big, I was a big like Allen Iverson fan. So that the step over over to Ron Lou, like, I really want that. And th there's so many though. Like that was also, I feel like that year Kobe also had like a dozen game winners. And like any one of those would be probably awesome to have. And then a weird one for me would be, well, actually the Kobe 81 points would also be amazing, but also a weird one for me would be like Antoine Walker. I feel like Antoine Walker is such an interesting Celtics player all he did was jack up threes and he would do this funny, like Walker wiggle like this whenever he hit his shots. And so like, if I could own an Antoine Walker where he does his Walker wiggle, I feel like that would really make my life complete. So there, there's so many moments though. I mean, we could probably be on this for hours talking about moments that we wish we could have, but I think Celtics Celtics centric, I would obviously love to have that championship year. I think that'd be terrific. I think that's, not only a team that has so many different run it back worthy players on it, obviously, no matter how many, you could put the whole team in there and it would be pretty good. Realistically. I'd love to get a Kendrick Perkins moment. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, give me a drink. Give me a Brian Scalabrini. I don't care. Oh, but yeah. And and also, all, <laughs> of course <laughs> the big baby Davis shot versus the magic when he's like licking his lips and that turned into like a meme. I love that one too. But also just, I mean, to mention, I feel like it's worth mentioning that, there's been some very strange run it back selections of players in top shot. And I know since that time, they've gotten a lot better just in general of, of selecting better moments. So I'm really hopeful that that kind of carries over 
to the filter that they're passing on who gets a run it back moment. Like don't put a Kevin Garnett moment in a Nets jersey. That just doesn't make any sense. Like at least choose players where like you see them in that jersey and you're like, I need to own that. Like Steve Nash in a Lakers jersey, Paul Kevin Pierce. Garnett, you know, Paul Pierce also in a in a Nets jersey. I mean, what's next? Are we gonna have like Patrick Ewing in a Sonics jersey? Like it doesn't make sense. Like let's choose players where they are iconic in the jersey that they're wearing. Yeah, Michael Jordan debut in a Wizards jersey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> top, the top shot debut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talk about awful, right? Um, still goes for a million dollars anyway. Anyway. Oh, of course. Um, I agree. I think there's some cool ones. I, you touched on Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, I'm a huge fan of, obviously. So the step over would be awesome. The other yeah. Allen Iverson moment that I think everybody forgets because of the Tyron Luce step, step over is the step back crossover on Michael Jordan. Now, of course. There, there's no way that that's the first iteration where Michael Jordan is in the back of a moment. They're not going to do it like that. Never, ever. Not as an investor, especially too. But when that Jordan debut comes out and it's over, I want that AI immediately of him crossing over. (laughs) AI with the short hair. I know. It's his rookie year, right? Yep. Yep. Rookie year. He was, he was really good. And he just, he said he was going to cross him over and he crossed him over and it was awesome. Um, I love it. And as a Raptors fan, I would love to see a Vince Carter moment. Um, obviously I don't have a particular Vince Carter moment that is legally allowed on top shot, because if I could choose any moment that's ever existed, it would be the dunk that he has over in the Olympics. Exactly. Um, but also the one that people that I've mentioned a bunch of times and people seem to be very okay with is Tracy McGrady getting 13 points in 30 seconds or whatever Mm -hmm. it is basically. Yeah. That was an amazing one. That one's an amazing one, and you could somehow fit it all into one top shot moment, and it would probably still be in the amount of time you needed. You'd have to chop it up a bit, but I think it'd be cool. I would I would hope that maybe throwdown moments include slam dunk competition moments because obviously that's like the most iconic Vince Carter moment, in my opinion, when he sticks his hand through the hoop. So that's something I'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, just quickly going on that, which dunk is the best in that contest from Vince? I mean, the, to me, the most, most iconic is the one where his hand's stuck in the hoop. Okay. So that's the, in my opinion. I'd have to rewatch it to see all the other dunks because yeah. I know like every single one was better than the last. But I just, if purely from like a general NBA fan is thinking about what the iconic moment was, to me, it's the one where he sticks his hand and then he's going like, it's over. It's over. Yeah, the honey to did. Me, yeah. yeah that, to me, that's the best one. Okay, that's cool. I, I am in the minority, but I love that 360 windmill that he does. And it's like just, a backwards 360. Yeah, exactly. And then like over it was really difficult to do on camera, but that one, 100%, in my yeah. opinion. No, there were, you couldn't go wrong with any of those. You could literally do a throwdown set just to Vince Carter from that one competition, oh, and you'd probably be just fine. 100%, 100%. That whole, that whole thing would be awesome. Um, so I actually kind of wanted to pivot a little bit here and talk about – the recurring segment obviously that we have the best lowest ask i think i think we talked about it ahead of time i was kind of worried or sorry not worried i was kind of curious what your best lowest ask is at the moment well something that i purchased um a week ago i purchased a top shot debut of james wiseman i don't know what that's doing right now i don't know if it moved a whole lot I also purchased an MGLE S2 of Jalen Brown just because I feel like 
injured players are usually players that are undervalued and that's usually a good, good lowest ask. Um, in general, I think right now badges and also MGLEs S2, but since I was preparing for the show, MGLE S2s have already spiked. I mean, like, I think it was two days ago, I was looking at a Poku MGLE S2. It was $160. That morning, I was chatting in some of the discords. I was saying, like, what do you think about this Poku? His MGLE is 160. His debut is, like, I think 85. What are you guys thinking? And literally that afternoon, three people bought three of each of them. So three people bought nine moments and it went from 160 to like 260 in the span of a few hours. So I think if you can find an S2 MGLE of a player that you think has high upside, the advantage to MGLEs are that their circulation count is capped at 499. So if you can find somebody that you like, that you think is undervalued, all it takes is like a little run, a little change in sentiment, and that price is going to like double potentially. So to me, that is like a very key spot to be looking at right now. And of course, badges. I think Top Shot debuts, definitely. And who knows, potentially other badges as well. But the ones that I, I like to look at are Top Shot debuts and you know low circulation moments. Yeah, absolutely. That's I'm kind of in the same boat. It's funny you mentioned the Poku because I had this exact same discussion with a friend in a Discord group. I was talking and I said, hey, like, anybody else think they're going to go for Poku or quickly after the challenge ends? And uh, a friend of mine was like, yeah, I think I might look. Like, what's the buy point? And I was like, uh, I might buy it if it's around 140. I bought a Maxi uh, MGLE for a 140 post-challenge, and that's turned out pretty good. So I'll try that. And I was at work. And Poku came down to about 160. And I was like, oh, I guess he didn't move that much. I'll, I'll buy one when I get home if it's at a good price. And I get home and it's like at 180. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to touch that. And then the next day, it's 280. And I look like an idiot for not buying it, obviously. But I I agree. I looked at I looked and saw the exact same thing. Three different accounts, bought three moments, all within a 20-minute span, basically. And that that's all it takes. Because like you said, the mint count is only 499. So just... If somebody bought 10 of them, that's, you know, 5% of the total amount of them that exist anyways, right? So right, right. it's kind of crazy that way. But yeah, do you have one particular moment that stands out um, as one moment that at its current lowest price is undervalued or underappreciated maybe? I mean, there's a lot <laughs> because everything yeah. I bought in February, I would love to say is undervalued. But I think like right now, if you if you look at like sets, for example, mm. sets are very much in fashion at the moment. Um, so I don't have anything off the top of my head, but for example, I bought like, I bought the early adopters when they were like 10 times the price they are right now. And that could be a set that picks up some steam uh, because it's still relatively accessible and their top shot debuts. And they are, there's some pretty decent players in there. Like um, there's a Carl Anthony Towns, there's a Colin Sexton, there's a Julius Randle. So there's some pretty good players in there. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if people start buying up that set. So I don't have a more specific answer, but I think that 
you got to watch the trends, I would say. So if everyone's, everyone's can only talk about tool, cool cats right now, and everyone's then next talking about things like throwdown and seeing stars. And although it's very much speculative, you could potentially profit from that speculation, just predicting that people are going to start thinking, all right, I need to own more sets. So that's probably what I would say. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Early adopters is kind of a slept on set. Like I, I never hear anybody mention it, nothing on Twitter, nothing on discord, like, and you're right. There's some really good players in that set. I think the cat is awesome. And I think the Sexton debut is terrific as well. Like he's an underrated player and that's underrated moment. Um, I have decided that I'm going to come up with one specific one each week. And last week I mentioned RJ Hampton. It hasn't moved obviously, but at $19, that still seems like a good deal to me. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about for today, my, uh, my little tip here is, let me just make sure it hasn't changed, but Reggie Jackson debut, $6. Mm. I think yeah, that if cheap. you, if you can get a debut of a player who, is on the Clippers with Kawhi not playing has instantly becomes what second best player on the team. Right. And he's going to get a ton of run on that roster because it's just him and Paul George and a bunch of other guys, basically. And Eric Bledsoe now, apparently. Um, yeah. I think that at $6, that's, that's pretty good buy considering some of the other debuts, like, like Alec Burks, for example, is like $10 right now and he's staying put. So it's not like a bottleneck or anything. I would actually add Terrence Mann to that list. Terrence Mann is a top shot debut of $10. He only has two current moments right now. And he showed us in the playoffs that he is no joke. I mean, he scored like, what did he score? Like 30, 40 points on one of the games that they won. I mean, he can yeah. go off and he's a young player. So yeah, like that might, be, that might be my most undervalued moment if I really think about it. That's a top shot debut of someone who could very well become the next star and it's $10. Like Reggie Jackson, obviously, has been in the league longer, has more moments, I would imagine. Terrence uh, Mann yeah. has two moments. Yeah. Like, I would I would say, that, go buy a Terrence Mann then. Okay, awesome. All Clippers episode today, yeah. apparently. Yeah, also, I think I think Clippers kind of get slept on, honestly. Like, people don't like, people don't like Kawhi Leonard. He gets no love because he's boring. People don't like Paul George. He gets no love because he coughed it up the previous year. This year he did much better and people are still sleeping on him. I mean, even his top shot debut, if I pull that up, I'm pretty sure that's pretty undervalued as well. Cause we're talking about an all-star player who's like solid, who nearly took the Clippers to the next round with a very limited squad. And his top shot debut right now is 129. That, that's that he's like a probably a Hall of Famer one day. I mean, he's like a very good player, but some some players on this platforms don't get any love yeah and he's one and i think you mentioned him before but jalen brown i think that guy right there he does not get enough love on this on this site at all he's just so good defensively and he gives you such such a punch on the offense especially you know if he comes in when tatum's sitting or if he's the guy that's on the floor and he's taking shots tonight that guy is a killer and people but, keep forgetting about him like but just to compare although i need to look at the circulation count but Jalen Brown's top shot debut is $350 with a circulation count of $1,354. $350. Where Paul George, like I said, is $129. And yeah. Are you going to tell me those players are that much not alike, even as a, a huge Celtics fan? I mean, the, the, the difference there, though, is that the Paul George one has more circulation. So that is a big reason. 
yeah. he has a three thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. Um, so I guess that's that makes a big difference. I'd have to like work out the math there, but um, yeah, I think both those players are good examples. Yeah, and I think I think I guess the last one I'll mention uh, would be Bradley Beal. His debut is one seventy-five, mm-hmm. and it's a twenty-seven hundred yeah. mint. Like that's right in the center between Jalen Brown and Paul George. And just because he's on a Wizards team that is that doesn't like that's allergic to defense, maybe is what I'll say. <laughs> um, people just seem to seem to forget about that guy sometimes. And if he, if he goes to the Warriors or if he goes anywhere else and wins a championship oh, yeah. this year, that debut is astronomical. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I bought his. I mean, I bought his other S one at the peak, which really hurts because <laughs> I could buy like three of four of his top shot debuts right now for what I bought his not top shot debut but i agree i think bradley beal has slept on i think he shows you that he's like a walking bucket he can go out and score 50 points a game if he wants to mm-hmm. like easily so yeah you're, you're absolutely right if he goes to a team like the warriors just forget about it exactly exactly um well i think we're gonna wrap it up here but as per every episode we're gonna give you a few minutes here to plug whatever you want if you have a friend you want to talk about or you want to shout out if you have a product coming out or if you have a new video we want to hear about it the the fans want to hear about it everybody does so uh the floor is yours my friend sure uh so what i would like to shout out is my i do i put out videos um mostly about two to three times per week i put out opinionated videos about top shot that's that's kind of the space i was trying to fill here um and i know you feel the same way about this which was a lot of the information about top shot online felt very similar and uh it either felt very technical and some guys do that really really well i mean i can give like a shout out to own the moment they are really really good technically they can predict what challenge prices are going to do before they do them uh, and then there's other sides that are kind of, it just feels like a bunch of guys getting together and just like blowing out for three hours or something. I don't have the attention span. I mean, they're great at what they do. I just don't have the attention span. So I felt like something was missing. And also I felt that this was right around the time where sentiment was at its worst, in like late July. So this is actually kind of a longer answer to your question. Um, but that's kind of why I started doing what I'm doing. And I, and I feel like people have responded positively. They feel like they like these bite-sized opinionated pieces about top shot. So I would just ask people to go just check out that. That's my top shot handle. My Twitter handle is top shot Tandy. And I also do streams every once in a while on YouTube and you can get there through my Twitter profile or through going tiny.cc slash Tandy. There's a lot of people to, to, to shout out as well. Honestly, like the best part about Top Shot for me, it, it's not financially at this point for obvious reasons. It's the community. I know that kind of people kind of like, I don't know, they think people overstate that a little bit. I have I have a couple of friends I have Twitter conversations with about Top Shot and they, they kind of like the poo-poo on this idea that, oh, it's all about the community. Like people are losing money, but community. Um, but the reality is, the community is really interesting and really strong and really passionate. And so no specific shout outs at the moment, but everyone, including you guys, the fact that you are putting your time and energy and passion into something like this, it just speaks volumes to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my shout out today goes to Top Shot Tandy. Thank you for coming on, obviously. That's terrific. Uh, we were super excited to have you on. And um, 
make sure to check out the lowest ask at the or at the lowest ask on Twitter. Um, or you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music, and SoundCloud now actually as well. Um, for everything lowest ask, lowestask.com. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing watch you guys grow. Looking forward to being an early adopter of the lowest ask. Can't wait. Can't wait.